we see that most of his prophecies were directed at Judah. And if you recall, Judah, the two southern tribes, and then Israel at this time, the divided kingdom, were the ten other tribes. And, and we see that most of his prophecies were directed at Judah. However, chapter 1, he does deal with Samaria, the capital city of Israel at that time, the, the ten tribes. And it's during his time of prophecy that we know that they are Israel is taken captive by the Assyrians, but most of his prophecies are directed towards Judah. Other 8th century prophets during this time were Hosea and Amos, Isaiah, Jonah, and Jeremiah. And so we get into this and, and we see that Micah is very upset and has a righteous indignation against the city dwellers because they were uh, 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 being unfair to the peasants that were in the country. And they were oppressing them, and he was very upset, and so he preaches on that and prophesies on that. And along with that, he preaches heavily and strongly against idolatry and immorality. And he takes a strong stand against that. And so we see that he started his ministry then somewhere around 735 B.C. and ended his prophecy about 710, about Five years into Hezekiah's reign, uh, we know that uh, Micah has uh, pretty much finished his prophecy, probably had perished by that time, but he was prophesying right in the middle of the time period of 722 when Israel was absorbed by Assyria. And so tonight, we're, we're not even really going to get into Micah, but I, I want us to have, a, have an idea of, of the historical setting of of what's taking place when Micah is prophesying and, and uh, uh, the, the hard preaching that he was giving them at this time. And, and it'll give you a better idea of, of what's going on in this country uh, during this time. And, and so if you would, you can, we probably won't be back to Micah tonight, so you can follow with me over to 2 Kings in chapter 15 and and what we're doing is we're going to get an idea of the kings that were uh, ruling during this time and leading up to uh, the, the end of Micah's uh, uh, prophecies. But he starts out, and, and Micah starts out, and, and I'm dealing with the kings of Judah. I'm not, not even dealing with the kings of Israel because most of the time uh, Micah here is dealing with uh, what's going on in Judah. And so we're just dealing with those kings, but... Uh, here we see that Judah actually lasts almost another hundred years longer than than Israel before. Actually, they are they last longer than a hundred years. About uh, about 140 some years longer they last before they're taken into captivity. But we see that they're still a mess in in some of the things that's going on in, uh, in their country too. And it just gives us a setting of of how we need to understand that things weren't all very pretty with him either. And here we see that, first of all, in the beginning of, of Micah's prophecies, we see that King Jotham was reigning. And Second uh, Kings 15 and verses 32 through 36 give us a little bit of an idea of who Jotham was. And, and it says, in the second year of Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, began Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, to reign. 
Five and twenty years old was he when he began to reign. And he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Now, and we know that Uzziah was one that started off relatively strong, but but I'd like us to go on over, and you'll see that 2 Kings goes along with 2 Chronicles, and Chronicles sometimes gives us a little more detailed uh, uh, historical setting of, of things that are going on during this time and see some of the upheaval that's going on. And so go over to 2 Chronicles, if you would, in chapter 26. In 2 Chronicles 26, and it tells us here, in, starting in verse 16, we're going to do a lot of reading tonight too, so bear with me. And and it says here that in, in 2 Chronicles 26, verse 16, talking about Uzziah, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king, and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn uh, incense, go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was wroth, and had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from thence. Yea, himself hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king was a leper until the day of his death, dwelt in a several house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. And so we see that Uzziah then dies. And, and here we see that this is the kind of thing that Jotham watched take place. And, and it tells us that he was 25 years old when, when he began to reign. And, and uh, it, it was here that, that uh, he then took over. And, and it tells us that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And Howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly, it tells us in 2 Chronicles 27 2. And he built up the cities in the mountains of Judah, and in the forest he built castles and powers. And he fought along with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. And it says in verse 6 So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. So now we see that was one of the kings that that Micah was prophesying with. And, and we can see that there was quite an upheaval going on in their country and in their government at that time too. And, 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 and that'll give you a little more idea of here Jotham was one that built up the cities in the wilderness and in the country and giving them some strength and, and, and uh, helping them. And, and then we see that a little later that as things continue to progress, we see Micah's prophecies continue to progress. And and his condemnation against those that were being unfair to those that were out in the country. And so then we go and we get into Second Chronicles chapter 28. And here it tells us that, 
Ahaz then comes in, and it tells us that in, in verse 9 to 27, and Jotham slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Ahaz, his son, reigned in his stead. And Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, but he did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord, like David his father. For he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and made also molten images for Balaam. Oh, what a terrible testimony that would be. Can you imagine? I mean, here, you, you know, and, and you just can't but help think that that whenever he watched his, his dad, when, when Ahaz watched his dad, Jotham, and, and Jotham was one of those guys that, that did many of the things that, that were right, and, and, and we understand that, that he did some of those things, and, and you can go back and read some more about him too and find that there are a few things that, that he apparently let slip. But, and, but here now we see that Ahab was, Ahaz was 20 years old and chooses to go a different path. And, and we see now that, that I can see how this would be a time when Micah would come out pretty strong in his preaching because of, of what he did, because it says in verse 3 now of 2 Chronicles 28, Moreover, he burnt incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom and burnt his children in the fire. I find it amazing how even back then that children were sacrificed on the altar of convenience and the altar of idolatry of whether it be you idolize yourself or you idolize all of your belongings and so you kill your children. Amazing to me to think that our governor still says that our abortion clinics are essential and that we ought to uh, keep them open so we can continue to murder babies during this pandemic. Same as what we see back then, burn his children in the fire after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. He sacrificed also and burnt incense in the high places and on the hills and under every green tree. Wherefore the Lord his God delivered him into the hand of the king of Syria. And they smote him and carried away a great multitude of them captives and brought them to Damascus. And he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel who smote him with great slaughter. These are his people that, that there were many of them that lost their lives and there were many that were taken captive during this time. And, 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 and then it tells us that, that it's, uh, uh, and, and, and what, a, what a mess we have uh, during this time because we, we go on and, and it's during his reign that Samaria then is defeated and, and Israel is absorbed by the Assyrians. And, you know, I think this is amazing to me that, that it's during this very time that Ahaz is walking with the kings of Israel and, and, and following them instead of following the, the, the righteousness of God. And, and we see that he's wanting to follow them. And, and now we see the Assyrians come in and, and they sack Samaria and they absorb Assyria. Or uh, Assyria absorbs uh, Israel at this time. And, and, you, and then they send in the Assyrians to live there. And, and they take wives of, of those Israelites that are there. And here we have the birth of the Samaritan. And now you understand even more when you get to the time of Jesus that 
when the word Samaritan was even mentioned, they spit on the ground because they see of what had happened. And it was a time in history that they wanted to forget because they had turned their backs on God and God had judged them. And, and we see the amazing things that were happening during this time. And so it says that it was also during, and at that time in verse 16, did King Ahaz send into the kings of Assyria to help him. I mean, here's, here's, the, here's the, the, the Israelite king that, that is now picking a fight with, with uh, uh, Ahaz, and instead of Ahaz going to God and asking him for deliverance at this time, we see that he goes rather to the Assyrians who are, who are also battling the Israelites and said, hey, we need help and, and we want you to help. And, and it'd just be like we as the, as the believers expecting the world to understand that, that uh, 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 preaching the gospel and understand that coming together is necessity. And, and it is given to us in the word of God that we need to come together and we need to worship together and, and we need to do these things and and it would be ludicrous for us to think of the world to understand that. And here it would be ludicrous for this man to understand and think that this worldly man, this worldly leader, is going to come to his aid. For again, the Edomites had come and smitten Judah and carried away captives in verse 17. And it says in verse 19, For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel. For he made Judah naked and transgressed sore against the Lord. And Tilgath-Pilnezer, king of Assyria, came unto him and distressed him, but strengthened him not. For Ahaz took away a portion out of the house of the Lord, out of the house of the king and of the princes, and gave it unto the king of Assyria. But he helped him not. And then it says, in the time of his distress, did he trespass yet more against the Lord? This is that King Ahaz. You know, and, and I'm not going to go there. I don't, I don't have time to go there tonight. But, you know, it tells us that in, with the king of Israel, that he was taken captive and, and led the ten tribes into captivity. And, and it's right here in Chronicles. You go back and read it. It tells us that, that the Assyrians came in and, 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 and took the Israelite women for their wives and and they, and they made into the Samaritans, and God judged them and sent lions to kill them. Think of the fear that must have been going on in that time uh, of, of those ten nations where they had been sacked, they had lost their identity, they had lost the power of God upon their lives, and and here comes all these new people in, and, and now they're trying to set up home and set up shop and make it a different country. And God said, this is still my country, this is still my nation, and you want to talk about some vicious animals that must have been during that time. And God sent lions to destroy many of them. And so it tells us that it's during that time that they call and say, hey, we need a priest to come in, and, and they need to teach us of the ways and and do the things and show us what, what it is that we need to do so that God won't longer, will, will not continue to judge us like he is. I, I, I just found that amazing. I, I've read this, I don't know how many times in, in my life, and first time that I had read that passage where he sent the lions in to 
kill them. But you imagine the chaos now, and Ahaz is, and this he continues to trespass yet more against God. He, in verse 23, he sacrificed unto the gods of Damascus, and, and Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God. And, and in every several city of Judah, he made high places to burn incense unto other gods and provoke to anger the Lord God of his fathers. And it says that he died and he slept with his fathers and then Hezekiah comes on the reign. By this time, we're down to about maybe the last five years of Micah's prophecy and here it tells us that Hezekiah comes in and verse 2, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, had done. Based on the obedience of one man, we see God extend their time as a nation before they were destroyed. We see his humility through his leadership. We see that he's the one that God recorded where he, he was being surrounded by the Assyrians also and, and, and there was no way that they were ever going to make it out of this and, and they had, had shut off the water to, to their city and, and the Assyrians were, were closing in and more and more and, and there was this great battle that was getting ready to ensue and Hezekiah knew that, hey, we're not going to make it out of this, guys, and, and we're all going to lose our lives and, 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 and the leader of the Assyrians was very uh, prideful and arrogant about what was going on and, and here he, he, we see that Hezekiah had a great revival in their city and their nation and, and they all turned to God and they started begging God and asking God to save them during this time and and God stood up in His mercy and in His compassion. And in one night, one night, He slew 185,000 Assyrians. And the leader of Assyria, the leader of that battle, went home. It says he went into his room to pray to his gods. And his own people took his life. God defends his righteousness. God defends his glory. God won't share it with anyone. And here we see that this leads us up to Micah, who all of this chaos that's going on with, think about their economy. Think about the, the leadership. Think about the, 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 the immorality. Think about everything about them. And, and look at all of the mess that's going on and and Micah stands strong and continues to preach the truth and teach the truth. And it's at this very same time when you go back and you need to read these other men also. And you read Hosea and you read Amos and, and you read Isaiah. And you especially you go and you read Jeremiah. And you read Jeremiah and you find out that he comes in and he's preaching the truth and the hard truth just like Micah. And, and we know that Jeremiah was considered the weeping prophet for a reason. He wept for his nation. He wept for the, uh, the ungodliness and the idolatry of all that was going on during this time. And, and even, even the chief priests and the spiritual leaders of the day uh, 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 smack him upside the head and then throw him into the, the pit. Spiritual leaders do that because he told them that judgment was coming. These men show us that 
We need to have the character to stand for God's righteousness and preach His Word. This isn't the way that we would ever plan on doing that, but here we are. And for now, we will abide to the edicts of our ungodly governor. But we're going to continue to preach the truth. And the day we're told that we cannot preach the truth, we stand like Micah. We stand like Jeremiah. We stand like Isaiah. And we do that which is right in the eyes of God. And we fear not what man can do unto us. But we fear only to not please God. That we do not want. We need to please God. We need to walk with Him in courage and no fear. Let us serve our God. Let us worship Him. Let us praise Him. Let us thank Him for all that He does and for His mercy. Not only does He show it to the ungodly, but He shows it to us. The ungodly who have had their sins forgiven. Who's forgiven our iniquities and our trespasses. Thank God for his mercy. Let's continue to serve him. Let's pray together. Let's, let's, I, I shared the request that we have. And, and so when we sign off of here, take your family. Take the request that we have. Let's pray for them and pray for our church. Pray that we will have the kind of testimony that we need to have. God's honor, God's glory, and obedience to him and to his word. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for your word. And I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you for his goodness in our lives. And Lord, forgive me. Help me, Lord, never to preach out of the flesh, but to preach your word with passion and power from the Holy Spirit. Lord, I know that you will always honor your word. Help us to be obedient to it in all areas. Do what it is that you show us that we ought to do and live according to it. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. guys that's as good as it gets that's as nice as I could be Tom